0: Don't tell anyone I'm free.
1: Don't tell anyone I'm free.
0: Hello and welcome to BSD Talk number 109. It's Thursday, April 26. 2007. In the news, iX Systems has announced a redistribution agreement with Adobe. This will allow Flash to be enabled by default in PCBSD in the future. I'd also like to remind people that BSDCAN is happening next month, May 18 and 19, with some tutorial sessions preceding that. And if you are going to BSDCAN, also consider sticking around for PGCon afterwards if you're interested in open source databases. Unfortunately, I won't be able to stay for PGCon, but I will be there for BSDCAN, and I look forward to meeting everyone there. All right, now for the interview. Today on BSD Talk, we're speaking once again with George Neville-Neal. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Will. Thanks. Today, I wanted to talk to you about some of the techniques that you use when doing some of your programming and kernel work and network protocol work, specifically your work with virtual machine technology. So could you describe how you use that in some of your work?
1: Doing network protocol development and testing network protocols always requires at least two machines, um, but usually more than that, and especially if you do something interesting like create IPsec tunnels through a router or create a a complex topology, you either wind up needing a lot of machines or you use some sort of network simulator. Unfortunately, network simulators don't simulate the entire system well enough. So with virtual machine technology, I in particular use VMware as well as Parallels on my uh, my MacBook, which is my main machine that I carry with me everywhere. Uh, using that kind of technology, I can actually set up multiple real machines because we've got fast enough and big enough hardware to maintain them uh, and have
0: them talk. They talk to each other such that they don't know uh, that they're simulated. And VMware is one solution within a whole family of solutions from... Uh, hypervisors and full machine virtualization. So where does VMware fit into that whole family?
1: So my understanding, I mean, I'm not an expert on virtualization technology itself, but VMware sits in the full machine virtualization. There's no adaptation really necessary from the operating system to run on top of VMware. Uh, with Zen, especially on Xen without Intel's VT virtual technology support, you have to port the operating system. It's like porting your OS to a to a new architecture, a new hardware architecture. It's why it took so long for Zen to be able to support uh, Windows products because Microsoft has not ported their operating systems to Zen's hypervisor. That being said, Zen is a very interesting product because it's open source. It's possible to import to it. There's a probably a, a nascent of FreeBSD port and there are other open source operating systems being ported to Zen. But for my purposes, uh, especially some of the things that are available in VMware, make it a far more attractive choice. Uh, one of the other reasons the virtualization technology uh, was that it reduces the amount of hardware I need, and it also reduces the amount of money I have to pay for hardware. My VMware systems all run on a single 1U box that's being coloed by some people for me. That box cost about $2,000, uh, and it's... Two processors, each with two hardware cores, and two gigs of RAM and 73 gigs of memory. And I bought that used, but that is able to run up to four, probably more, but definitely quite easily four machines in parallel to simulate two hosts at opposite ends of the United States and two routers at opposite ends, which is a very typical way of building, say, an IPsec VPN, which is something I would have to test for doing IPsec protocol development.
0: And do you find that there's a major difference when moving these protocols from the virtual machines to a real network testbed? At the moment, I haven't done a huge amount of that. At the moment, the work I'm doing is still focused
1: on conformance testing. Uh, conformance testing doesn't have or shouldn't have any real pr- performance issues. These virtual machines are not simulated anything fancy like a 1-gigabit or a 10-gigabit network. As of these things that are networking tech, they have a, a great, nice networking tech that uh, donated by a company called Centex in Canada, some really great people, I may see some differences. The true difference with network protocols, of course, comes when you roll them out on a wide scale, and the only way to do that is if someone's going to hand me a uh, very large network
0: or if they're going to, or, you know, or as we deploy them. So as yet, I haven't seen major differences. Mm-hmm. And when you're dealing with these emulators. Are you able to emulate other hardware architectures besides i3.6? So at the
1: moment, most of the stuff I'm doing is uh, simulating x86. There is one open source emulator called QEMU, and I'm not sure how they pronounce that as a word, it's think mean, it's QEMU. Uh, QEMU actually can emulate several different types of hardware, including MIPS, uh, which is a popular embedded platform now, Uh, I believe PowerPC, they, of course, do Intel x86, as everyone does.
0: Uh, And there may be one more. But at the moment, I haven't uh, used alternate architectures. What about working with your protocols within other framing technologies besides Ethernet? Uh, At the moment, I haven't seen any devices,
1: simulated devices for other networking technologies. So I don't know if uh, it's, it's actually a very interesting question because, I think one of the the places for virtualization technology to go next is to virtualizing hardware so that hardware manufacturers can actually get out earlier versions of what they're planning to build uh, to systems integrators and systems developers. But at the moment, moment you get a relatively stock PC kind of architecture. Uh, USB devices, USB connections, USB devices, you get ethernet. You get disks, you get memory, you get CPU, serial ports, and parallel ports. And actually, it's the serial ports that are most interesting are also the the interesting devices, not in terms of doing uh, networking, but in terms of debugging. So one of the nice things with uh, any of these technologies, parallels, VMware, I'm sure Zen does this, and uh, QAMU, is since you have a serial device, you can do GDB over serial when you panic the machine you're developing on. So uh, invariably, when you're doing kernel development, you panic the kernel at some point. Uh, I don't know anyone who doesn't. And then your choices are to simply do a dump at that point, which is not very helpful, or to be able to connect over a serial port to the GDB backend and to actually do source-level debugging of the kernel uh, once you panic
0: it. And that's actually much more helpful. And does VMware or these other technologies allow you to simulate either jitter or packet loss within the network? VMware does have support for saying uh, what the probability of a
1: drop is on one of their network connections. And uh, that's actually quite interesting for testing things like robustness and protocols. I've used that actually uh, for testing some DHCP client changes that were made in the DHCP code so about two years ago. You know, I could do tests where I said, well, what if we have 90% packet loss? What if we have 50% packet loss? They're not very complex. It's not like a network simulator where actually its whole job is to be able to simulate the network. If I wanted to do that, I would probably interpose dummy net somewhere in the system. I'd probably run a FreeVSD virtual machine that was acting as a router, and that router would have dummy net on it, and it could uh, have various
0: workloads. So when you're working with VMware and other technologies, there must be a lot of lessons you've learned or tweaks that you might have to make to your systems. Where did you go to find out this information, or where is there a a storehouse for this? Most of the products, both Parallels and VMware, at
1: least, have user forums. So searching the user forums does help. I, myself, have been publishing stuff on my FreeBSD-ish blog, uh, which is network.freebsdish.org. And uh, a couple of the things that I've discovered are, especially if you're working with FreeBSD Current, which has value of the current variable, Hertz. We've upped that because on real hardware, actually it makes a lot of sense to have a very high value there now, so you can get more accurate timings. Uh, But on virtual hardware, on a virtualized system, that actually simply causes uh, the underlying hardware CPU, what's called the host system. In virtual machine technology, there's the guest systems. Those are the things running in the virtual machines. And there's the host system, and that's the thing that the virtual machines run on if you have a very high value for hertz in your guest machines, you will abuse your underlying CPU for no real purpose. So you wind up tuning hertz down. And that was one of the things I posted a bunch of that stuff. People have been um, putting up images of virtual machines. Uh, VMware has a player. I believe Parallels might, but I know VMware does. So if you just want to run, say, a stock FreeBSD6, or a stock virtual machine. You can download those. I've been uploading kernel configs because, well, that's what I do. I build kernels. And so there are some kernel configs both in my uh, FreeBSD.org personal directory, which can be found on www.freebsd.org-gnn, or again, that can be found on my blog. So I've been trying to upload some of that stuff. I don't think there's a huge number of people doing kernel development in this way. I know there's a small number because I, I get mail directly from people. I think most people are still focused on what VMware and Parallels and Zen and all these other technologies are focused on, which is simulating single machines, single servers, or single clients to just run software as opposed to developing it. I know that there are some strategies for people doing broad-based testing of software, so QA groups, but again, that's not the same as doing uh, kernel software development. They're all different sort of little worlds.
0: Okay, well, thank you so much for speaking with me today.
1: All right. Thanks very much, Paul. Right.
0: Bye-bye. I'd like to take a minute here after the interview just to thank everyone who's been helping me out with the BSD Talk podcast. There's been a lot of people who've been sending me encouraging emails or connecting me with developers and people providing offers of space and hosting and bandwidth. I've had people supply me with equipment or buy domain names, and I really appreciate it, and it's been a great help. If you'd like to leave comments on the website or reach the show archives, You can find them at bsdtalk.blogspot.com. And if you'd like to send me an email, you can reach me at bitgeist at yahoo.com. That's B-I-T-G-E-I-S-T at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. This has been BSD Talk, number 109.